Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. And we return to Our American Stories, and one of our favorite things to tell stories about is American history, as always brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, where you can go to learn all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that matter in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu. In 1751, our fourth president of the United States, James Madison, was born in Port Conway, Virginia. Besides being president, Madison was one of the three writers of the Federalist Papers and a strong supporter of the Constitutional Convention. Here to tell the story is Hillsdale College's president, Dr. Larry Arn. The first thing to know about James Madison is he was a little short guy. You know, he's probably five foot four. And, you know, Washington was a foot taller than he was. We have a great painting done by the 
longtime chairman of our art department, Sam Connect, of the signing of the Constitution. It's uh, six feet tall and eight feet wide. It's very beautiful. And it's got Madison and Washington standing side by side. And Sam is very artful. So he doesn't make it look ridiculous, but Madison is much shorter. Madison is, uh, you know, he's a Virginia legislator. He becomes close to Thomas Jefferson doing that. He gets his mind around revolution pretty early. He didn't do much war service in the colonial army for Virginia. He was a state legislator through most of the war. And then he was in the member of the Continental Congress. And the point about him was, uh, he's, uh, so I, I happen to have a big soft spot for him because I just, uh, you know, he, he wrote this passage. What is government but the profoundest of all commentaries on human nature? If men were angels, no government would be needed. If angels were to govern men, neither internal nor external controls on the government would be necessary. Now that's a piece of beautiful logic that is, by the way, undeniable, and it justifies the Constitution of the United States in two sentences. It's uh, more than one can say to say that he was more important than Alexander Hamilton. It's hard to think anybody was, but he, he probably was because he and Jefferson invented the party that, you know, ruled the country, you know, until Lincoln, pretty much. The Whigs opposed them, but they were re really like them for the most part. And here's, you know, here's the service he performed. He was uh, Thomas Jefferson's best friend in every sense of that word. He was very good for Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson was uh, a theoretic politician a little bit. You know, he had principles, you know, he was big on principles and he could state them flowingly. And so when the Constitutional Convention is meeting, Jefferson writes a long letter, many, long letter to Madison. The main thing he did for Madison that time was Madison said, send me books about constitutions. And he sent him 200. Madison had already read most of them, but he read them all. He's a very determined individual. So Jefferson writes Madison a long letter, and the letter is uh, famous, the earth belongs to the living letter. And what he says is that every law, including a constitution, and every private contract, deeds and everything, they should sunset every 33 years, and we should start over. This is his advice about how to write the Constitution of the United States to, to James Madison. And it's a perfect microcosm of their relationship because once in a while, Jefferson would be a little wild. And Madison writes him back and he says, yes, yes, those are brilliant points. Take them very seriously. It is the fact that the particular purpose of a Constitution is to prejudice the next generation so they don't have to start over. And Jefferson writes back, yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, so it's a, he was like that. And then with Jefferson, he created a political party that was good for our country for a long time and replaced the Federalist Party while serving its same aims. And that's a kind of decency and moderation. And, you know, first of all, he wasn't a wildly successful president. They burned the White House while he was its occupant, the British did, in the War of 1812. 
And uh, that was, you know, a little embarrassing. And he did send a force up to Canada uh, with the word, you know, take Canada. We're going to go take Canada from the bridge. We want to do it for a long time. And he said, it's only a matter of marching up there. So it's, you know, well, it may have been, but it was proved that they couldn't get there. They never found their way there. They just floundered around, right? So he wasn't the greatest president. That would probably be Lincoln and Washington. But he was a lawgiver. That's what he was. He was like the great classical lawgiver. He and, you know, he wasn't alone in doing this, by the way. He and Hamilton had a whole scheme. You know, and he and Hamilton, by the way, would be party opponents after 1796 when, when uh, Washington retired. And they were already picking at each other a lot. When he was Secretary of State under Washington, Thomas Jefferson paid a scurrilous man named James Callender, who was a journalist, to write dirty articles in the Philadelphia Inquirer about Alexander Hamilton. And he used public money to do it. <laughs> it's a, you know, America has its partisan episodes, like today. But you have to think of Madison as possessed of the deepest understanding that I know of the reasons for and the workings of the Constitution. And it's a most intelligent preserver through his careers. Oh, one more thing. Madison, like the rest of the founders, feared the institution of slavery and thought that a way had to be found to get rid of it. And that's just almost all of them thought that, right? And they did get rid of it very far. And they got 60% of the Union. And the most dramatic example is that uh, the Northwest Territory, where I live, five states of the upper Midwest, that's our first expansion. And it's actually the first time a free government ever grew. It got bigger, right? And it's a different model because the Northwest Ordinance provides that uh, when you get a certain population, you can elect a state government. When you get a certain larger uh, population, you can petition the Congress to be an equal state with the rest. That law was passed by the Confederation Congress in 1787, the same year as the Constitution. But it also contains a provision that in this Northwest Territory, there can never be slavery. And that land came to the Union as a gift from the state of Virginia, and it was Thomas Jefferson more than anybody else who organized that gift and organized that stipulation that there'd never be any slavery there. So Madison, it turns out, lives a long time. He lives till 1836, if I remember right. But you know, in 1832, with the Missouri Compromise in 1820, that, that's a sign that slavery is becoming a serious issue. And what made it a serious issue is the opinion led by John C. Calhoun that slavery was a positive good. That claim amounts to a complete departure from the dictates of the Declaration of Independence. And that's deliberate because uh, Calhoun at Yale was connected to students of a man named Francis Lieber, who was a Hegelian and known to Hegel, and this new doctrine of history that human beings and human societies evolve was taken by Calhoun to justify slavery. And so they get in, when Andy Jackson was president in 1832, they get into a fight about the tariff of 1832. 
And the tariff was outrageous. And the reason it was outrageous was the Southern delegates who didn't want the tar tariff, see, because that's a, a tax on imports of manufactured goods to support American industry. But that would, but you know, that's what they were importing. They were selling their raw materials, their cotton and stuff abroad. So they didn't want it. And so what they did was they conspired in the Congress to inflate the tariff to a huge rate. And they thought that would be sufficient to defeat it. But darn if it didn't pass. And so now Calhoun comes up with the idea from South Carolina that a state by itself can nullify a law. Nullification crisis. In other words, we just vote that that law is no good here. Now, you know, you can read the Constitution, all 4,500 words of it. You can read it in 30 minutes. Uh, you can read it over and over and you'll never find that power in there. And darned if it wasn't James Madison, still alive, who raised the main contest against those points. And he explained the nature, the federal nature of the Union in the most elaborate terms in his life when he was a very old man during and immediately after the nullification crisis. And a special thanks to Dr. Larry Arn. James Madison's story, the lawgiver, the main driver behind our Constitution, here on Our American Stories. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side -side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.